absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome, podcast patrons, to Leave the Pin In podcast. As always, I'm Dan, and I've got my buddy here, the man who Jenna Sims actually is blowing kisses to on the 18th hole, Scott. Scott, what's the good word? Yeah, um, it's, it gets a little awkward sometimes, you know, like when we're walking into the tournament and she really wants to give me a kiss, and I'm just like, nah, I don't have time for that. I got major championships to win. <laughs> for oh, wait, sure. that's not me. That's Brooks Kepka. <laughs> Scott, Brooks Kepka is literally at major championships, Thanos snapping his fingers. Uh, he is, he's, he's, he really is like unstoppable. Like part of me was almost like thinking on Friday afternoon, like he was going to have a press conference and they're going to be like, what do you think about the field? And they're going to be, he's going to be like, if they die, they die. <laughs> like, I, like Ivan Drago. It's, uh, it's, it's often been said that you cannot win a PGA tour event on Thursday. You can lose it on Thursday, but you cannot win it on Thursday. Brooks Kepka won the PGA Championship on Thursday. It was probably, and I doubt I'm going to be wrong on this, even though we've got a lot of golf left to play, it is going to be going down as the most dominant round of the 2018-2019 wraparound season. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, unless someone goes off at Pebble, I can't imagine there's going to be one that's like that crazy. Yeah, the only you know what what beats it if if Rory going back to Northern Ireland at Port Rush, you know if he shoots sixty three in the opening round and leads by five, that's it. I, I feel like you don't get low rounds like that at the Open. Um, well, I, you know, I, unless well, I mean, Tiger lapped the field in that that the two thousand Open. That's what so I was just going to say. He if can you, pull it out. Yeah, if you get those firm, fast conditions with guys that know how to play it. And you get half the field getting screwed by weather or something that can definitely occur. Yeah, and going back to the weather, Brooks definitely got the the good weather draw. So you know, good for him. I mean, it worked out well. Yeah, well, good weather draw Thursday and Friday. Now Sunday, he was on the opposite end of that. Now you were there. We'll talk a lot about that later yeah. on. But uh, but how how bad was it? on the grounds um so at we we left about five o'clock so right around the time uh dj was getting to 13 so if you want to use that as a time perspective um and i we went to the merch tent before and i thought the like awning outside of it was just gonna blow away and take the whole merch tent with it now, the thing was the size of a football field, and I li- literally could have seen it floating away in the wind. Like, that's how strong the wind was. Yeah, I mean, I was, um, I was outside barbecuing, you know, and we're kind of on the same uh, longitudinal line as mm-hmm. – uh, uh, latitudinal line, excuse me, as, um, as Long Island. And it, it was coming in hard. I mean, we had gusts of, of 25, 30 miles an hour. I, I saw that that's what they reported on the CBS broadcast, which was, funny enough, one of the only 
uh, things truthfully that they reported on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, we were following Jordan Jordan Spieth around for a little bit, and at one point, I think it was the sixth or seventh hole, the blimp was flying over us, and it was like spinning in the wind, like I. I Part of me was a little worried for the guy driving the blimp. Yeah, see, that's funny because I thought blimps were ground at a certain wind velocity. I don't know what that is, but I know for a fact that sometimes blimps cannot go up, especially at major sporting events, because mm-hmm. it's you know it's it's blowing too hard. So I'm wondering if that was right on the precipice of them calling it quits, or if CBS put a ton of money into their new shot tracker blimp technology, which literally shows a small credit card size picture. I don't even care if you have an 80-inch TV. A credit card size picture of the golfer, and then the rest of the screen is taken up with the course and a red line. Yeah, so I heard about that, and that's just ridiculous. Like, I, I heard at one point they weren't even showing the guy taking the shot. It was just the the shot tracker or whatever we're going to call it. Well, all the ones that I saw showed the, showed whoever it was hitting, but they, they really moved into a small little square. I, I, I like, preferably, the PGA Tour Live one where they split the screen in half. Yeah, why can't they do that? I don't know. Because they're CBS. They can't pronounce names correctly. They can't give you a correct shot tracker. Um, while we're on it... I hate SoFi as a sponsor with the two different putting lines. Half the time, you can't even see the ball. Uh, I hate the putting line. The, 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 the like, track they think it's going to take is never right. And there's, there's more than one way to hit a, a putt Correct. And, fo- and follow that line. Like, it doesn't take into account how firmly you're hitting the putt. Well, the SoFi so. one shows you two. It shows you if you took an aggressive line to take the break out, and it shows okay. you if you're at a die at the hole putter. But the problem is, on an 8-10 to 10 foot putt, especially at Bethpage, where there's not much movement in the greens, the lines are very close to each other. So what you end up getting are two lines that are so close to each other that when the ball's rolling, you can't even see the ball roll. Look, I'm here to watch golf. I'm not some um, some short attention goldfish span millennial that needs my golf to look like video games. I mean, just present it as what it is. It's golf. Let me enjoy it. You know, I don't need all this stat cast stuff. Quite honestly, you telling me ball speed, even to a golf nerd like me, means nothing at all. Quiet the screen a little bit. There's too much going on, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. I just want to watch guys play golf. I don't need all the stuff. You're absolutely right. And, you know, is Top Tracer kind of cool? Yeah, but I also feel like there are times where I'm watching that. Take the first tee at FF page, for example. There are times where you're watching that where they'll hit a shot and you see it headed towards those trees on the right. And after that, it's meaningless because they're carrying the trees. But on that, it looks like they're hitting it into it. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they get these weird technical quirks. But, I yeah. mean, for the, for, look, for the most part, yeah, I like to see where the ball is. Because let's be honest, when these guys are hitting at 310, 330, even they're not seeing it land. So it's cool for right. us to 
see shot, uh, shot shapes and to see ball flight and patterns and tendencies, but it, it tends in this day and age to be overdone very, very quickly. Right. Yep. All right, Scotto. So Brooks, let let let's get to Brooks. I mean, literally, because it's his world. We're the, we're just podcasting in it. Brooks goes out and shoots a record, Beth Page Black course record, sixty three, on Thursday, backing up his talk that the majors are by far the easiest tournaments to win. Because Brooks talked about, hey, half the field knows they can't win. Then there's only about 30 guys that are playing well, so i got to beat 30 guys. Out of those 30 guys, there's another 15 or so that have never won a major or don't feel like they can compete and win a major. He says, so basically, I'm down to beating about 10 to 12 guys, and I can easily do that. Uh, yeah, Then he, so he said that, and then that's exactly how the tournament played out. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, I, there's, I think the only thing... If you were to ask me what don't you like about him, the only thing I can find that I quote-unquote don't like about him is I wish he showed just a little bit more emotion. But with that being said, I completely understand the position that they're in. You can't, you, you, you can't acknowledge fans, and we'll get into the Beth Page fans in a bit. Um, you, you can't acknowledge what your playing competitors are, are doing so for him it works i mean i like a guy like speed that's yelling at his ball a guy like tiger that mm-hmm. lets a curse word fly every once in a while because it kind of brings them a little humanity to their game it makes us feel a little bit closer to them because we've all been there before in that situation yeah uh my only thing is if that's what he needs to do to get and stay in his own and that's what leads to crazy performances like this, then, you know what, I'm okay with you keeping everything in. Oh, for sure. Look, I'm nitpicking, dude. I am grasping at straws here because there is nothing I love more in athletics than the non-flashy guy coming out there and saying, look, I don't need to tell you how good I am, okay? I'll just show you. He's like the 10-time All-Pro offensive lineman in football. You might not know his name. Hell, you might call him Bruce when his name's Brooks. Mm -hmm. And you might do it for years on end, and all the analysts might overlook him. But quietly, the dude goes about putting on an all-star career. Juxtapose that with the flashy wide receiver who's calling for everybody to just give him the damn ball, never wins a championship, you know, makes two all pros, maybe has two or three good seasons, and is in 15 different commercials, you know? People know that guy's name, but he's not the greatest at what he does. Nope. Nope, you're absolutely right. And as of right now, Brooks Kepka is the greatest at what he does. Uh, it's hard to make an argument that there's someone better than him right now. And he, he's number one in the world, so, you know, the rankings, you know, say that. Yeah, I'm, I, you know, not, not that the world golf rankings are anything to, to kind of jump at, but it is nice to see him get to that spot, kind of kind of validation from starting on the Euro Challenge Tour and then getting to there. Scott, here's, here's my thoughts on this. I'm going to give you my take. Uh, tell me your opinion. I can now completely 
um, analogize Brooks Kepka with one specific athlete in a completely different sport. Are you ready? Go ahead. Brooks Kepka is Tim Duncan. Uh, yeah. Yeah, very quietly great. Mr. Fundamental, right? It- Goes out, does his job, dominates, and you never hear about it. Yeah, I, well, I, I don't know how much how true that's going to be now because, I, I mean, he has to be going into Pebble Beach as a favorite. Like, I don't care what happens between now and then. I would think most people are going to be picking him. Yeah, I mean, he is, according to Vegas right now, he's the betting favorite. Of course he is. DJ, Rory, Tiger are all going to be up there. But in terms of media play, dudes like Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, I mean, mm-hmm. hell, even Pat Perez get more shine than than Brooks because they're flashier people. It's funnier that there's someone who Jordan Spieth is flashier than because I don't see him as a flashy guy at all, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> Comparatively, he is. <laughs> right, right. And again, I think it's because it's that whole talk to the ball thing and and Jordan's very good with his time with the media you know and Brooks has always had that dicey relationship with them uh quite honestly I love that he still has kind of like that ice cold reputation towards them I hope he doesn't let up I I I hope at Pebble they don't even ask him to be in the press conference room yeah I I and I think that he wants that chip on his shoulder too like, he's using that for motivation, and he's going to continue to not give the press anything. So they're just like, well, oh, whatever, why would we want to talk to you? And then they can be like, well, no one respects me, and then just go out and, like, you know, shoot 59. Yeah, I mean, that, that chip has to be manufactured from somewhere, whether it's an actual slight, a perceived slight, or something that you need to do to motivate yourself. Whatever it is that he needs to do, he is doing it to perfection right now. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so, betting favor going in, right? Everybody in the world wanted to see Tiger and wanted to see Tiger go back to back and win yet another major. Now, obviously, we know Beth Page Black inside and out, and that course, and I look, I know he's won there before, but times have changed, and the course was not set up the same way. The course was not set up for him, Scott. The course was literally set up. For honestly, I don't know, maybe 15 to 20 people to actually win. Yeah, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson. Correct. Maybe Rory. Correct. And then, you know, a few guys after that. Right. Now, uh, let me ask you this, because here's another kind of thought that I've been working on. Tiger, obviously his game is not suited for extra, extra penal rough right off the fairway and 20-yard fairways. I mean, look, most Mm -hmm. people's games are not. But do you think Tiger getting sued and that coming to light right before the PGA um, had anything to do with him missing the cut? I think it does. I think it's in his head. Yeah. He's like, you know, geez, I'm back in the spotlight for something like this again. Like, I just literally repaired my reputation my kids you know are going to see me now as a great golfer and then yet again you know media publicity rears its head in in quite honestly a story where i don't even understand how he's even connected to aside from the fact that the kid 
that died worked at a restaurant that he owned. Um, again, I think it's it, it weighs on him, it ages him, and it takes his mindset away from the thing that should have been important at the time, the PGA Championship. I think all that all the cards were stacked against him. The 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 weather was bad. He apparently wasn't really feeling well. Uh, you know, he said you know on Wednesday he said all was good, but apparently that was maybe not the case. He hadn't played in a month. You know, in a competitive event. Um, you know, he's got that going on, and he ran into the the Brooks Kepka buzzsaw. Uh, yeah, I. I I did not think he was going to win this week, but I, it's hard to count him out. So, but yeah, I mean, I didn't think it was going to happen. And I think everything just piled on leads to, you know, miscut and I'm going back to Jupiter. What do you think? What do you think his chances are at Pebble? Uh, A much shorter course, a place that he has beyond dominated, has some phenomenal memories at. Uh, you think he's actually a true favorite, not just a betting favorite? It's Tiger. So, and the way I explained it to one of my neighbors was, if you really look at all the facts, then no, he's not a favorite. But how many times has he overcome just everything and still won? Many times. So. Yeah, I mean, he said it best. He he walked on a broken leg, so... <laughs> His broken leg comment directed straight at the uh, self-inflicted wounds of one John Daly. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you happen to see John Daly on the grounds at all when you were there this week? Uh, I did not. However, the cart that he was riding in, cart number 107... Um, I have a picture of myself and my, my friend Mike, who we've talked about before. Um, we played the Best Age Green course uh, right around this time last year, and same cart. That You need to send that picture to John Daly. Uh, yeah. Where's my phone? Now, listen, did you have uh, a ton of... Cigarettes strewn about, Diet Cokes, and a McDonald's cup? Um, no. Yeah. Uh, I you... had a, a bottle of Poland Spring, and I think a Snickers bar wrapper. <sighs> Very tame, Scott. Very tame. John Daly would not approve. Um, Scott, I'm going to give you a few things that I am done and over with that came to light during the PGA Championship at Bethpage, and I knew they were going to rear their head because, like, 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 um, like locusts, every, like, eight to ten years, they always do. They're like the cicadas, you know what I mean? They're on that weird cycle. Yep, and, they come and, back. Yeah, and Long Island just comes back into my life uh, mm-hmm. on, like, a, a, a decade-style cycle. So here are a few things. Ready? I am so over... Long Islanders trying to out Long Island each other with the yells, the um, stupid sayings, the the overemphasizing accents on certain words. Mm. Um, I'm done with CBS. I'm done with them 
literally sending people on air, on television, that I swear to you, Scott, have not prepared for anything. They are just winging it. We, I feel, do more preparation for this podcast than Nick Faldo did for a major championship. Um, I am done with John Daly and his cigarettes, Diet Coke cans, McDonald's cups, literally just a riding disaster. And then here's my last one that I'm completely over and done with. The local news broke into my coverage five times to talk about tornado watches that were 80 miles away from me. Okay. I had to switch back and forth to PGA.com because in the last, and I timed it, in the last hour and a half of the PGA Championship, 49 minutes were taken up with some low-bit, hokey weatherman talking to me about lightning strikes and tornadoes. Mm. Yeah, far, that far away. Awesome. Yeah, 80 miles north, no less, with the, with the storm moving north. Hmm. All right, so let me, um, I'm going to agree with you on a couple. Yeah, let's, un- uh, let's unpack I, this. So, so let me start with John Daly. I don't care about John Daly. Um, whether or not he rides in a cart, whether or not he's, you know, chain smoking, whether or not he's got McDonald's cups in the parking lot. Whatever, he's John Daly, he's there, and he's a sideshow, and he was gone after two days, and whatever. That's, that's how I feel about him. Okay. Whatever. Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, yeah, I, I, oh, I, I agree with that 100%, uh, but again, I hate the lifetime exemption, because John Daly, now that he can have a cart, could literally play till he's 75. Do I think he'll live to 75? Probably not, let's be honest, but theoretically he could. Um, I've been sick of Faldo since the Masters last year when he started quoting Imagine Dragon songs when Patrick Reed won. Amen. Done with him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, good, um, good on that one. Uh, yeah, CBS, well, whatever, they think too. Um, the other thing I'm done with that you did not mention... Um, is any mention of Phil Mickelson's calves. It's all the rage now to comment on every player's or caddy's calves. Because we haven't seen them in 80 years of pro golf. Yes. And, of course, because, you know, the the PGA, you know, they they allow the the shorts now in practice rounds. Now, not that anyone's wearing shorts because it's so cold, but... Everybody had to make Cav comments to Phil at that. It was just ridiculous. See, that every time I see something on Instagram and on Twitter that the PGA Tour posts about Phil Mickelson's calves because it's still going on makes me absolutely insane. Right. The PGA Tour is the greatest organization in the world at beating a dead horse. Right. Absolutely. And did you see the, the Bubba Watson glute video? Yes. Yeah, I've, I've seen them all because, obviously, for what we do with this podcast, yeah. we've got to keep abreast of it. But there's so, there's just, like, some of it's so hokey. I actually, I enjoyed Phil icing his hand for the thumbs up. That's clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Phil's, Phil's videos are very clever. 
I have come around on Bubba Watson because I find those the videos that he does with Ted Scott very amusing. Yeah, look, I've um, I've been I've been in on Bubba Watson the last three years when when he said after one of the Masters, you know, they're like, oh, you didn't play. He's like, whatever. He's like, dude, it's golf. It's not my life. He's like, my kids and my family are my life. He's like, this is just a game. Like, you got to get over that, man. And I was like, right. whoa. I said, all right. Change, switch gears. I'm down with this dude. Now all he does is post about Blue Wahoo's minor league baseball when he doesn't make cuts and the candy store yep. he owns. That's awesome. Yeah. 100% I'm in. Yeah, well, the one he posted, the, the I think it was Saturday morning, it was him and his son at the beach in Pensacola. Yep. And it was just that. And I was like, yep, that does it. All right, so unpack this next. Uh, next. Oh, well, uh, hold on. Oh, go I ahead. Still, I have to. I have to address the Long Island. Yeah, that's that's what I want to get okay. into because this so, is. So, in order to do that, I need to read a prepared statement. Okay, let me just say something first to people. I, I I don't even know if this is going to preface or anything or cut into, but I don't think from the podcast listeners out there, I don't think they can understand that Scott and I are from Long Island just by the way that we speak. And I don't want to offend people that are from Long Island because I know, according to our numbers, that there are definite listeners out there. So I'm not trying to offend you. But I feel like you and I, Scott, going through education and going through life experiences, maybe has have lost a little bit of that accent. Some of my wife's friends that are from there, that are professors as well, have said, I would have never known Dan was from Long Island. That's the hardest, and they're linguistic professors, that's the hardest accent to lose. On average, it takes about seven years to lose a Long Island, New York accent. And something as crazy that we would think is like a British accent actually only takes about four and a half to five years to lose. So we have one of the most ingrained, natural accents about us. Go ahead. So uh, going back to that, every now and again I will, um, if I'm like riled up about something, the Long Island accent will come through. But for the most part, uh, my Long Island accent, I think, is, is pretty much gone. Correct. Okay. I would and agree. Having said that, I will now read a prepared statement. Um, dear golf fans and listeners of this podcast, uh, as a former Long Island resident, I would like to apologize for the antics of my Long Island brethren. They sully the game with their nonsensical ramblings and furthermore do not fully understand that golf is about more than just hanging out in the park and getting drunk. I apologize once again. I think not only was that professional, I think not only was that heartfelt, it was truthful, it was something that needed to be said. I think that it was also probably 30 years past due. I wish mm. there was somebody older than us that would have said something a while back. Scott, if I was on the grounds of Beth Page Black, I probably would have lost my friggin' mind listening to some of these people. So I am going to give you the, the top five just Long Islandness things that I heard. And you, you tell me how you feel about them. Okay. Uh, so, so starting with number five, um, I followed Ricky Fowler around for a good three holes yesterday. Um, and after that, I gave up because there was someone who was following him along with me who kept saying, nice mullet, nice mullet, nice mullet, over and over 
and over again. I, I, I want to four iron that man's head. Next, number four. Oh, okay. Number four was the guy at the driving range, and I, I texted you about this, who, when Shane Lowry came out, kept yelling, beef, at him. Because they thought it was Andrew Beef Johnson, who the was ne- not there. The next time that that guy plays, I want to unstrap his bag as he pulls away from the first tee. Hmm. Now, speaking of the first tee, I'm not sure if it was the same guy, but I, I did watch Shane Larry tee off, and somebody else or the same guy yelled beef at him again. Oh, so. it's, it's the same guy, because all these people are one-trick ponies when it comes to something quote-unquote clever to say. Yes. Yeah, probably. Uh, number three, and this one I, I really enjoy. So my... Um, my, my buddy Mike, he went to South Africa for his honeymoon, and we started talking to people next to us at the first tee who were from South Africa. They started talking, and Mike immediately identified their accent. Um, so we were talking to them. They were waiting to see Louis, Louis Ustazen tee off, and they were going to follow him around. Makes perfect sense. Ustazen tees off, and I, I didn't even realize this was still a thing, but someone screamed out, Mashed potatoes. At which the South African lady next to me said, what does that mean? And I said, I have no idea, but it's a thing people shout at golf courses. And she said, why? And I said, I honestly cannot answer that question. And she just shrugged her shoulders and went off and followed him. I heard that on a broadcast about a month ago, again, after not hearing it for quite a while. Um... Hmm. I would like to mash that person's face in with my putter. Okay, fair enough. Uh, maybe you want to get a towel for that putter because the person who teed off with him, um, the barn rat, he teed off and someone shouted, Baba Booey. I have an Odyssey 7 OS Black Series putter, 33 inches. Super Stroke Skull Pistol Grip on it in blue and white. The putter has two quote-unquote fangs, weighted fangs at the back. I would stab that person in the eyes with those fangs. Mm. All right, and then my favorite one, because these people went all out. They're about five, I would say, early 20-something guys who had Rory McIlroy shirts made up. You know, he's got the, the dog head cover. Um, do you remember a few years ago, Nike made um, T-shirts that had Frank, Tiger's head cover. Correct, which, yep. And it said, you know, if anyone can, you know, if anyone can come back, he can. Right. So they had the same shirt made with Rory's head cover. So Nike shirt, which... Great job um, with the Rory head cover, and if anyone can. Now, Rory comes out on the driving range. These guys are maybe twenty feet from me. Okay, I'm not. I'm not hate. I'm not hating the story so far. This is good. Wait, I like that. Wait, I do like that. But they kept shouting to him, "Hey, Rory, look at our shirts! Rory, look at our shirts!" 
He turned around, he acknowledged them, and he kept hitting balls. And then one of them was like, what, you're not going to come over? And at that, he just started to ignore them. Again, let's have a little self-awareness. The shirt's cool. You showed the shirt. He acknowledged it. Let the guy go. These guys did not let it go. It went on for a good five to ten minutes, and then they just gave up. We both know where the different maintenance sheds are around the grounds mm-hmm. of Bethpage State Park. Mm-hmm. I would go into those grounds and find the gas canisters that they use to gas up the mowers, the maintenance vehicles, etc., etc., etc. I would then find John Daly and ask John Daly if I could bum a cigarette. Note, I do not smoke. Then, I would douse them in gasoline and throw the lit cigarette on their shirts. Uh, But would you write your name in gasoline and then light it on fire? I would save that for you. Fair enough. (laughs) Fourth of July, maybe. All right, so with all that extreme nonsense and the... Yo, Tiger, I love you. Yo, Tiger, I, I swear to God, you're the greatest Tiger. Mm. Uh, yo, Phil, welcome to New York, baby. We're from New York, Phil. With all that being said and all that being heard, are you in or out as Beth Page hosting the 2024 Ryder Cup? Uh, I am in to watch it on TV. I, as I explained to anyone who would listen to me, have absolutely no desire to go back there and watch golf. Yeah, I I told you when we were texting, you were on the grounds, that it is the last place I would want to be. The amount of people that you could see from the high up blimp shots was just astronomical. I mean, look... I don't like many people to begin with. I definitely don't like that many people all in one place. And I definitely don't want that many people in one place with those type of accents yelling those types of things over and over and over at a major championship. Definitely, definitely agree. Now, I realize we probably lost half of our New York, New Jersey, tri-state area fan base. But realize that I can say those things because that's where I'm from. Here's the thing. I don't think that's true because I think that this podcast caters to uh, an audience that has a certain level of, you know, golf expertise. Yeah, I, you know what? I would tend to agree. Golf fans, as we like to say. Yeah, because um, everyone that I've met and you've met or we've met when we're out together that have listened have all been pretty much people that we would want to go out and play golf with. Exactly. And the people who are out there yelling mashed potatoes are not going to devote an hour to listening about golf because they like golf as something that they do around drinking, probably. Yeah, I just I just, I want to sit down with one of them, maybe have one of the podcasts, and just be like, take me through... The mindset. Take me through the process of you getting ready to scream Baba Booey or mashed potatoes and what you think it accomplishes. Yeah, exactly. That. It just, yeah. And I think it's one of those, like, 
you know, because we live in a, a world where everyone wants to be recognized, you know, they want to hear themselves shouting Baba Booey on the, the, the newscast. Yeah, that's going to do wonders for their careers. Yeah, exactly. Um, I will say I, I at one point was egging someone on, but not, like, to say stupid things. Like, I was getting to say, like, you know, cowboy up to Ricky Fowler because, you know, that's his, like, uh, Oklahoma State thing. And, uh, you know, like, yeah, trying he- to, like... Trying to like bring it to a level of intelligence, like instead of like you shouting nice mullet at him, you know, shout something about him. Yeah, I and think then maybe the th- he'll recognize it. The thing is that these guys are not going to pay attention to you, okay? When there are so many people in the audience, it becomes white noise. Now, you and I have been to plenty of tour events where the only people walking are you, me, the caddy, a player, and a rules official. You know. Um, and at times like that, obviously you're more noticeable, you know, and, and you, you yep. wonder if these idiots that were yelling stuff, if they didn't have the, um, kind of the anonymity veil of everyone else being around them. And if it was just them and the player, if they would still do something stupid like that, I'm going to go with no, they probably wouldn't, you know? Yeah. And the, and the other problem is, is that. I think the, it, uh, a lot of times it does annoy the players, but if they confront that person, then they're the jerk. Ex- right, exactly. I mean, and and it's so it's a it's it's a lose lose situation for them if they if they interact with that idiot in the stands or in the crowd. You can't you can't win a a verbal match with an idiot. Do you know what I mean? Because the right, idiot never exactly. knows that he's wrong. But, like you said, if you try to be the bigger person and they don't go for it and then it escalates, you have to have them removed or something or something like that, mm. now everyone sees you on social media and they're going to be like, oh, well, that guy's a moron. Can you believe what he did to the guy? Hey, he, he bought a ticket. He was just trying to have fun at the tournament. It's like, look, I, I don't come to your job and start yelling crap at you, you know? So I don't need yeah. you out here just yelling nonsense. Yeah, and I, I think it was the... Yeah, it was the Ryder Cup when Rory confronted someone in the, the gallery, and he's like, yeah, that guy just can't say my wife's name over and over again. There was nothing else to it, and honestly, I just got tired of it, so I, you know, want to know what was up. Okay. I, I have no problem with that. Yeah. No, I got, uh, yeah. I got no I problem no, getting I have these... no problem with Justin Thomas, you know, kicking someone out because he's tired of listening to him go... Get in the bunker. Yeah, and you know what? You don't need you don't need the PC apology after like, hey, sorry to have that guy removed. No, BS, speak your mind. Like that dude's a freaking drunk old moron. Like he's a seventy year old drunk who probably has nothing going on in his life, so he came here to get drunk like he does every day and then starts yelling, get in the bunker nonstop at me. Like I don't need to deal with that stuff. Right, exactly. Yeah, people are morons. Absolutely. All right, I will say this, though. I'll contradict myself 100%. Uh, the 2024 Ryder Cup at Bethpage is going to be friggin' insane because people are going to be nuts. And honestly, there might be a few European players that cry. Oh, yeah, no, it, it's going to be, like, a step short of murder. Like, yeah, people are going to get hurt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, 
I could definitely see there being a a riot. Um, and I could I could honestly see people like turning and chanting and becoming very jingo- jingoistic towards European players and, and like Justin Rose had and be like, dude, look, like, look, man, like I live in the U.S. OK, like, let's just stop. All right. <laughs> you know, yeah, like I, I live in Florida. Yeah, you're not going to bomb my country like Ian Poulter is more Floridian than he is English. OK, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. You yeah. know, if you he's don't, a huge, he's a huge Orlando Magic fan. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you don't think you know, uh, Rory McIlroy is Americanized by now, you still think he's a little dude from Northern Ireland? Okay, let's get our facts straight first. Yeah, absolutely. All right, listen. So I, I want, uh, I want you to take center stage, Scott. I want you to kind of tell the people about your time at Bethpage when you were on the grounds. I mean, tell us, tell us what. We were unable to see on TV. Tell us some cool moments you had. Um, give us the inside the ropes and behind the scenes content. So Tuesday for the practice round, and I'm just going to start with Tuesday because that was the first day. Um, I got out there. It um, it had stopped raining, so it it was not pouring, but there was a little bit of drizzle. The course had clearly been drenched in the days coming up to it, there was mud everywhere. Um, the, the one amazing thing about Beth page is because the facility is so big and it's so familiar to me that when they put their like stuff in for these events, it does not look the same as it looks like I, I got off the bus. I walked in and I was like, Oh, I know where I am. I was not where I thought I was. Because I walked another like twenty feet, and I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, that's not the where I thought I was." It's just it, it's so big, and the the way they set it up, like it's it's very disorienting if it's familiar to you. So that I thought was really interesting. Yeah, because they're uh, they're basically taking you through different uh, catacombs almost. The shot you didn't, I don't, I don't think you saw. You probably weren't home yet. But the shot of them following Brooks Kepka to scoring mm-hmm. after he walked off eighteen yesterday was yep. insane. It was like a 10-minute walk. Yeah, yeah, because it was over by... The, that bridge is over by where the, um, the, the blue course... Like, the blue course starter hut is. So there's a, the red course is in between the black and the blue there. So you're basically... They were walking through part of the red course to get there. Well, that makes sense as to why it was so long. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So that's that. That doesn't surprise me. That the bridge. You yeah. When you get there, you walk under the bridge. That's where like the the clubhouse is and the putting green. Most of the players were using. And that's over by where that like blue course like starter hut is. Gotcha. Um, and then, yeah. So the first stop I made when I got there was the merch tent because I wanted to get a hat. Uh, like I said before, the, the merchandise tent was the size of a football field. Uh, and anything that you could possibly want that had the best page 2019 PGA Championship logo, they had. So if you wanted a hat, they had it. If you wanted a golf shirt, they had it. If you want silverware, guess what? You could get that too. Now, now um, I got I got to ask you a question. This is just an opinion question. We have seen, you know, I, I mean, again, I can't count the number of tour events we've been to. I can't count the number of majors. 
we've been to. I mean, we've knocked off every single major except the Open Championship numerous times uh, of the other majors, the three out of the four. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who goes in to a major championship and is purchasing some of these just ridiculous items? Now, look, at the Masters, I understand it, right? You know, I bought mm-hmm. Masters playing cards. Like, come on. I, I, I've gotten the stupidest things in the world, but... Like a PGA or US Open, you know, at any numerous course, who's buying these metal signs, these wooden signs, the silverware, um, the dog collars, the dog eating bowl, the food bowls, mm-hmm. the the plates, the, the napkins? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I really don't know. The the thought they did. Here's the thing: they they have this like cool. It was a long map of Long Island. And they have the, the PGA Championship logo, like, in the middle of Nassau County where, you know, Beth Page is, Beth Page Farmingdale, like, in between Nassau and Suffolk. So it, that was really cool. And I was looking at it, I was like, huh, that's kind of cool. And I'm like, what am I going to, what would I even do with this? Like, I guess, like, if you had, like, a, like a man cave. I'm not but, a fan of that word, Scott. L- rephrase no, that. Rephrase. No, me neither. That's why there was a little... That's why I said it with a little stink on it, right? Because I don't, I'm not a huge fan of okay. it. Okay. Um, even, but like, even if like you have a room like dedicated for golf stuff, right? Even if you put it in there, I still feel like you kind of spent too much money. Correct. So here is a tip for people that were interested in buying stuff at the merch tent. You told me it on Sunday there was a 75 minute wait to check out. Correct. When I got there Sunday morning at. 10 o'clock, I walked in, and I wasn't going to buy any, well, I, bought, I was going to buy my daughter a hat, and I grabbed the hat, and I went back to where I had checked out just a few days before, when I basically had my pick of registers, and there was a guy with one of those, like, walking scorer signs that said, estimated wait from this point, 75 minutes. It's like Disney World like, from hell. And I was like, um, wait, what? And he's like, yep. And I was like, so I could just order this online and leave this here. And he's like, I guess so, and that's what I did. Yeah, so if you want, wait a week, and the stuff on PGA.com will be a ton cheaper because there is the hat that I'm looking uh, at. I know you saw it. It's the one that has the New York State logo, all black. It's the visor, the uh-huh. tour visor. It has the PGA Championship on it, but it has the dancing New York State logo with the, with the um, caddy logo, mm-hmm. but... The New York State is black and Long Island is in red. Yep. So yep. I'm waiting to see if that drops from like the thirty two ninety nine it is because no visor, except for a Masters one, is worth thirty two ninety nine. That's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I will say this: there was some stuff that was incredibly awesome, um, but I also don't know if some of that's like a little like I'm from Long Island bias and like Beth Page is like our spot. Yeah, no, I definitely, uh, I, I think it is, but you're right. There are some, look, you go to an event, you want to take home a keepsake, a jacket, a hat, a sweatshirt, a polo, something that you can wear for years to come and, and, and remember that. Now I have that awesome camouflage um, RLX jacket from Oakmont when I went to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Open there. Like that thing is sick as all hell and i love it to death it's also a lightweight jacket that can fit in a pocket that was like 140 bucks i mean right i'm not gonna go to 
a local store and buy that, but it's emblazoned with the U.S. Open logo, the Oakmont logo. It says U.S. Open on the back. So to me, it's not just 140 bucks that I paid for a jacket. I also paid for a memory. Right. Yeah. And and so and my thing is, you know, like I knew I wanted a quarter zip because I like to wear quarter zips. There was a few different options, and eventually, what I settled on was. $65, which was the cheapest quarter zip in the place. Uh, it's a Nike one. And I went back on Sunday because my friend Mike wanted one. And he's like, yeah, we sold out of those on Friday. He's like, we still have this one. It's more expensive and it's a little bit heavier, but we can't get rid of them. <laughs> like, well, there you go. Right, there you go. Good call you made. Uh, and then, like... Some, another Nike rep who was there, like materialized from the back with an extra large for him, and he's like, "I, I, I just found this one here." He's like, "I don't know, maybe someone returned it for size," and we were like, "Sweet." So, yep. Now we both have the same jacket, so it'll be great. <laughs> and then, so any other? Um, I mean, I, you know what? I guess Scott, give me, oh. give me. Oh, go ahead. Uh, we, I got into the merch rabbit hole, so let me uh, let me continue on. So the, the one thing, and I, I mentioned before, I have really no desire to go back there and watch golf. It's hard to watch golf at that stage. It's really big. It's really hilly. And you pick a spot, and maybe you watch some guys swing. You can't see where the ball ends up. Or if you pick a spot, like, down the fairway, like, randomly, you'll see balls fly onto the fairway, but you have no idea who hit it. And then maybe you watch them hit, but you don't know where it ends up on the green. And it's tough to follow around because it's so big and they root you around crazy ways. And it's just, it's tough. So Tuesday's practice round, it you know, because you could kind of pick guys and follow. It wasn't so busy. You could catch up. That wasn't so bad. Okay, that's. I was going to ask you that before. Yeah. Do you prefer tournament rounds or practice rounds? I know me preferably. I love practice rounds and really have no desire to go to tournament rounds. So, and then Sunday, uh, if my friend wasn't going, I wouldn't have gone. Because I had no idea what was going on with the tournament. You know, there's video boards placed, you know, here and there. There's, you know, with scores and stuff like that. But because that page is so big... There's a there was a good like forty five minutes to an hour where we were walking around without seeing one of those. Oh, for sure. And you know when when we left, you know we had no idea what was going on. We got on the bus and someone was like, "The the it's down to one." I'm like, what? What's down to one? The lead. I was like, "How did that happen?" No clue. Right. Yeah, because you're you know, so far removed. It is, like in this day and age, it's actually easier to watch it on television. Yeah, and, you know, unfortunately, I got back to my car. I think Brooks was on 15, and I was able to kind of follow it through PGA Tour Radio. But that's how I followed the final round of the PGA Championship, was hearing roars, trying to figure out what they were about, and then listening to the last three holes of my car. 
Well, that's that's almost as good as me uh, having to endure numerous tornado warnings. Yes, yes. Uh, also, FYI, I don't live in Tornado Alley either. Scott and I live I was, on the East Coast. I was, how would tornadoes even get to where you live? They would just run into a mountain. I, that's what I'm saying. But these idiots droned on and on, and guess what? Not a single tornado hit. Yeah, well, small victories for them, I guess. Yeah, they for warned sure. everyone. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, the, the, it's a major. It's in May. I think it worked itself out. Um, I, I, I don't. I still don't know if I'm sold on it being in May. Like, I can't imagine when they go to Rochester in a few years in May that it's going to be anything short of just downright freezing. I could be wrong. What the hell do I know? We'll see. I don't know anything about the weather in Rochester. It's it's much further north than us, and I know how yeah. cold we have been. So, you know, um, Scott, anything you know, you know what I want to do. I want to uh, I want to take a minute and first off, just thank the people that have been listening out there. Um, again, the numbers by week after week have just been climbing, and it's kind of cool because from our end, we can kind of see where people are from that listen to the show, and I think that's like the coolest part, to see all these different countries that we're in, and I think as of last count, 41 different states. So like the other nine states, I don't know what you're waiting for. Um, Mm. One of them's obviously Alaska, that we don't have any listeners in, but uh, I don't know how big golf is in Alaska. Uh, If you're out there and Mm. you start listening, let us know. But just want to give a shout-out and a thanks to all the people, especially like the people that you met at the PGA Championship and handed stickers out to, the people that I've... Uh, been meeting uh, through Instagram and whatnot that have just told us how much they enjoyed it. So I just want to thanks to all them. Also, wanted to give a quick update to people. Haley Moore, who we had on the show from defending national champion uh, Arizona Wildcats, she's actually in 10th place overall right now with the tournament uh, ending tomorrow. They had some weather delays down at the Blessings course that mm. they're playing in. But she's in 10th. She's at 3 over. Uh, Maria, awesome. yeah, Maria Fassi is seven under in first place. She's going Brooks Kepka on that mm. course. Um, but Arizona's a team made it comfortably into team match play tomorrow. So her, as well as her teammates, will have another shot at defending her national championship. Uh, also, Scott, I've been busy plugging away at uh, at blog posting over at Swing Juice. So yeah. yeah. Those people out there that are listening can go to SwingJuice.com. Check them out on Instagram, SwingJuice. And obviously you're going to go there and buy something because their selection of golf t-shirts is fantastic. But while you're at it, check out the blog section. And you'll see all the blogs written by Leave the Pin In. And obviously that's yours truly. So leave a comment on them or comment on our Instagram page at Leave the Pin. Hopefully you got a chance to check out all of their our stories that Scott posted from the PGA Championship. Um, I just played in a, in a two-man scramble tournament with Dan from Train on Main, and we posted all those up there as well. We finished fourth overall, played some pretty solid golf. And Scott, you, uh, Dan from Train on Main, and myself are going to be playing next Sunday as well together for yes. kind of yes, we go ahead. I guess I guess I was going to say kind of scouting out a place to maybe hold the first ever Leave the Pin In podcast event that would be pretty awesome um i i'm gonna bring you know 
some stuff to, to video. And we'll take some videos. We'll pop them on Insta. Maybe uh, if we, if maybe we'll put them on YouTube. We'll get a, a little YouTube channel started. Okay. Uh, do you have any more stickers? Uh, no, but I can have a bunch made. Uh, make just make a few. I'm thinking of maybe some. I'm thinking of maybe leaving some like in the cart. Maybe slipping them into people's scorecards on carts that are waiting to go out. Since we're going to be playing an early morning round. Like a little like marketing ninja. Yeah, like a like guerrilla ninja marketing warfare. Yeah, um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, let's let's do it. Yeah, so that's that's next Sunday. We're playing at Crystal Springs Resort. We're gonna be playing the Black Bear course. Uh, if you happen to be out there on Sunday, you know, again, send us a DM, let us know, and uh, maybe we can hook up. But uh, you can also go to our Anchor podcast page and help us out. You can click on the support link and help Scott and I out for as little as 99 cents a month. Um, we know the people out there listening. Again, we appreciate We also appreciate the following that we're gaining on Instagram and everyone that's been messaging us and interacting with our stories and our posts, kind of uh, becoming part of the Leave the Pin In world, if you will. The Leave the Pin In family. Correct, correct. And then, as always, there's our Twitter page, at leave underscore the underscore pin. Or what I think is easier is just check us out on Instagram, at leave the pin. Mm-hmm. Tag us in uh, all your posts with hashtag leave the pin in. And definitely go to our sponsor, swingjuice.com. Check them out on Instagram as well. Scott, have you got anything else before we uh, wrap it up with the good nah, people? I, I'm, I'm good and, you know... No more golf on Long Island professionally this year, so for sure. And uh, so all those all those New Yorkers out there can uh, you know take a little rest. Johnny and Sally, rest your heads because you got to get ready for the 2024 Ryder Cup coming up. Forget about it, Scott. Don't worry about it. I think the Northern Trust is at Liberty this year, so oh, forget about that. forget about that too, Scott. <laughs> All right. All right. So like we always say here, you either get busy golfing or you get busy dying. Hey!